Welcome to my podcast from Chaos to Peace with Connie. I am Connie Graf and your host, and I will explore with you how a few minutes a day can keep the chaos away. And with chaos, we're talking about the physical, digital, social, financial, mental, emotional, and spiritual clutter that can accumulate in our life and business. In every episode, I want to make you aware how clutter is so much more than you think, how it affects your finances, and how clearing your clutter leads to more time, more money, and more peace. Let's go. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome to the podcast. I am Connie Graf, your host. Thank you so much for allowing me back into your ears. So today we're talking about grief and clutter and the connection between it. When I went through my training to become a clutter clear, clear <laughs> become a clutter clearing coach back in 2016, I learned and was trained on that clutter is actually connected to grief. And for a lot of people, surrounding themselves with stuff helps them cover up the pain they don't want to feel. And while grief is normal and natural and clearly the most powerful of all emotions, in my opinion, it is also the most neglected and misunderstood experience, often by everyone, the person who's grieving and everyone around that person as well. We don't learn it anywhere. We learn all kinds of stuff in school, even what happened 500 or 1000 years ago. Who cares, right? But we don't learn how to deal with something so normal and so common as grief or other challenging emotions for that fact. Chances are that your parents didn't know how to move through grief either, so they couldn't teach you either. We are all taught how to acquire things, how to buy things, but we're not taught what to do when we lose something, lose a loved one or lose something that was dear to us. Buying things to cover up emotions we don't want to face or feel. We try to create a sense of stability on the outside since we feel so ungrounded and lost on the inside. But the longer we're not dealing with the grief or the other challenging emotions, the more we fill our house instead. This is often referred to as retail therapy. And we try to make ourselves feel better by buying things. This is also the reason why decluttering can be so very hard. Because you have to face that pain. The pain you didn't want to face when buying the things actually will show up when you have to declutter the things. Now, you might be surrounded by chaos and stuff and say, but Connie, I had no loss in my life and all my loved ones are still alive, but I'm still surrounded by clutter and chaos. So what's that all about? To that I say, of course, not all clutter is related to grief. Sometimes it's more that you don't know how to be organized or have never learned what systems and what habits work for you to stay or become organized. On the other hand, we are not just grieving the loss of a loved one. Grief comes from various situations in our life, and it can even come from happy, positive ones. Basically, anytime we undergo a big transition or a pivotal life shift in life, there can be grief, sometimes more, sometimes less. It also depends on the person and, of course, on the circumstances. 
Here are a few examples. You could experience grief getting married. Yes, we might grieve not being young, wild and single anymore. Of course, you experience grief at a divorce. We grieve the loss of a marriage, the lost status of being married and so on. Grief, the loss of a pet, the death of a pet. Pets are part of our family, often for years and years, so it's normal we grieve their loss, right? But we can also experience grief when moving. As excited we might be for our new house or home and the new location, we still grieve our old house, our old life, not being in our familiar neighborhood anymore, not seeing the same neighbors anymore, and not shop in the same stores anymore even sometimes. We can grieve starting or finishing school. We can grieve graduating. We grieve end, end of addictions even. Yes, because it's also part of our life that is gone. And now we're starting a new life. There is grief in that. Major health challenges and changes can also be a, a source of grief. And they don't always have to be terminal. Becoming an empty nester is another reason for some people to experience a lot of grief and clutter up their house. Retirement, the one big transition in life that we all face when we get older, right? And financial challenges and changes, positive or negative ones. So the list goes on, as you can see. And again, the connection to grief is often the reason why decluttering can be so very hard, because you have to face that pain. <clears throat> it comes bubbling up when you're dealing with clutter. <laughs> That's what happens. And this is why support is very important, to have someone to talk this through with. And often friends and family are not the right people as they deal with their own pain and their own grief and are also not trained in holding space for you and your feelings around clutter. They may not understand why you hang on to certain things and then maybe don't say the right things or are not the right support system for you. When you approach decluttering through the lens of he a healing method, you can create the opportunity for real transformation for yourself and your home. And you're learning how to deal with challenging emotions instead of spending hard-earned money on stuff you don't need or don't want later anymore. And you learn how to create a nurturing environment that supports you rather than stressing, stresses you out like clutter would. So with the right professional support, for example, a clutter clearing coach like me, the cluttering can be a very important part of your healing process, often turning mental, emotional and physical chaos into inner and outer order and peace. And in addition to working with, for example, me or another clutter clearing coach, it's also recommended that you work with a grief therapist or a grief coach. And this brings me to today's guest. I welcome Melissa Harris to the podcast today. Melissa is a certified professional co-active coach and her specialty is working with individuals who have experienced a major life event like, for example, a job loss, a divorce, death of a loved one, etc. Her company Wishbone Wellness was born out of a passion to help others thrive after such a major life event. Melissa and I, we talk about how loss in any form can be devastating and how it can make us question everything. How to be with someone who is grieving, what to say and do and what not to say or do. 
what happens if we don't address the grief that bottles up, and how it's for some people it might not be buying stuff, but maybe drinking too much alcohol or eating too much food, taking drugs. Those all help us avoid the challenging feelings, but eventually we will have to deal with them. And Melissa, too, believes that when we are ready and with the appropriate support, we can all turn the loss into a thoughtful transition that can serve us in ways we may not even have imagined. Okay, let's jump into this conversation with Melissa Harris. Welcome, Melissa. I'm excited to have you as a guest on the podcast. How are you today? Hi, good, Connie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah. Um, I've had a few conversations with you and they've been really a lot of fun and so insightful. So I'm excited. Yeah, to we love chit-chatting with each other. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I have an international audience. So I always ask first, where in the world are you located? And then as a little warm up question, I always ask, what is a thing about you that might be surprising for people? And that has nothing to do with what we're talking about afterwards. Um, I'm, I'm located, I'm in Los Angeles, California. And um, this is, okay. So I guess it's not, it's definitely not to do with what we're gonna talk about today, I don't think. But um, I grew up my entire um, adult life in Wisconsin um, and in farmland, Wisconsin and in dairy. And if anybody knows anything about that part of the world, it is Dairyland, USA. And it is, um, you know, just full of cows and dairy and cheese and milk. And I recently found out that I have, a, I'm not supposed to have dairy and it <laughs> has been the worst news I could ever have. In so I'm sorry. I mean, it's a little like goofy off topic, but I think it's, it's like, given where I came from, it's just kind of one of those, like, really, this is what I have to avoid now. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. It's hilarious. And in, in a way, it's just, like, it's just like, it's like the universal joke, right? Yeah. I just <laughs> want to say cosmic joke. <laughs> like, okay. Anyway, but maybe it's more that like, I grew up in a, in farmland, you know, um, and now I'm, you know, I've been sought all cities since I had left that, that part of my life. Um, and so I think, we were talking about duality earlier, and I think there's that. It's like what we grow up in, and then what we seek out. I find it really interesting and cool too. I, you know, but there's yeah. a part of me too that is like that seeks that quiet again, that peace again, that kind of exists. Um, yeah. And speaking of peace, you work in peace all the time. Yeah, you know, with people, you know, and how how we come back to ourselves sometimes, and what kind of peace we seek. Yeah, is very. Um, is, fascinating to me yeah and and just thinking about it coming from the countryside with cows and that that sounds like more peaceful to me than where you live now los angeles yeah. sounds to yeah. me like very much the opposite of um, a peaceful environment <laughs> yeah you couldn't say it any better than that it is i mean los angeles has its beauty too but it it is definitely not peaceful <laughs> i mean it's peaceful in comparison maybe to other cities and that it's like there's beach and there's mountains and there's a lot of nature you can access. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the city in and of itself is a big city. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a big city too. Well, on the outskirts of Vancouver. So yeah. I think 
cities always have both. And I'm sure yeah. we would find the chaos in the countryside too, if we wanted to look. <laughs> so. Right, right. What, what, yeah. What's their daily chaos? What is their, you know, yeah. what comes into their world um, on a daily basis? I mean, I, I'm so envious of Vancouver. I have yet to be there and I'm very eager to sink my self into Vancouver for yeah. beautiful things about it. Yeah. Well, same for me for Los Angeles. I'm still on my list. <laughs> I haven't made it okay. there yet. Well, you've got so we could, you could do a house swap. <laughs> there you go. Oh my gosh. I would actually do that. Okay. <laughs> That's something to keep in mind for sure. Yeah. So you reached out and uh, said you would love to be a guest on my podcast to talk about big changes in life and maybe also losses and grief and wake up calls and to find yeah. ourselves uh, in this if we're doing it right. So um, moving from Wisconsin to Los Angeles, I would think that's a big change that has. Um, yeah. Did did this come like like no? Let's ask different. What was your wake up call, and did it come before or after you moved away from from Wisconsin? Yeah, um, I it came after. Um, you know, I, I have a definitely a, a very distinct you know mark or line in the sand of like what mine was. Um, but when you when you when you kind of ask it like that, it it does make me think about like, wow, those were big transitions, but they were just, I guess, different. It's like, you know, sometimes life just calls you in an exciting way and you sort of just follow it or follow your heart, as we say. And I think um, I was very career minded at that stage of my life. Um, and so I was just like, uh, what is it? I mean, not, not people pleasing, but like approval seeking, mm -hmm. success seeking, seeking all of the things that kind of society and family told me, you know, so that, so that was those. So, so I didn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel trauma based, you know, in that transition. Um, but with the, the wake up call that I consider mine anyway, was um, the moment that um, my, my parents passed and they, when they passed, they passed 10 months apart and, um, and up until that point, my experience with death was very limited. Um, and, and my experience with grief was like almost, you know, it was just, it was just an emotion and a process in life that I hadn't been taught. And, and so many of us aren't taught. It's not like really one of those things that it's like, no. you go, you don't get taught this. It's like, you got to live it and you got to, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and so I just found myself completely lost out of my, you know, and, and, and when I, I sorry, let me finish that sentence out, you know, out of my body, out of myself and confused and, and just kind of all of that. And what, what it did to me, I believe this is like sort of my belief system is it was such a shocking moment in life. And this is, that's just one example. I think wake up calls come, come in so many different forms for people, mm -hmm. but it was, it like. I mean, I'm trying to use, like, I like to use almost, you know, I don't know for the listener, you can't, if you can't see, but like where it grabs you by the shoulders and it just jolts you, you mm -hmm. know, it just, it woke yeah. up my inner self to a way that it had not been before. And so I, I think, and that's what caused like this confusion and this um, stuckness. And I looked around and I was like, 
what am I doing for a living? And where, who am I spending time with? And how am I spending my own time? And it just started. So it was a very unsettling uh, time. And then that was, and from there, I just, I, I, I sought out support because I didn't really know what to do. Um, and, and I had, had been in therapy for years. I'm such, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. And so, so I had had that support system in, but like that was serving its one purpose. And that was therapy. And like, I was working on a lot of things leading up to the death of my parents. And so, you know, that I was kind of, but I was like, I need something different. I don't know what it is. And so I sought out, um, a friend of mine who has her own coaching company that really, uh, serves leadership executives, creatives. And she, um, she's like, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to give you some time with one of my coaches. She's a little bit more like holistic, um, you know, works with the whole body. Um, her name is Melinda Rothhouse, just to give a shout out. And my friend's company is creative executive, um, dot com, just to give, you know, some honor to to some of the people that were influential in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, it was through that process that I was able to work very intentionally, very focused on this, this confusion piece, you know, and I guess for me, it was, it was like, I was getting the support for my, um, you know, my psychology, my, my, my childhood stuff, my, all the things from my therapist, but I needed help to plot out a path. I didn't know what, cause everything seemed wrong. Mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. so it was I, I heard, I heard once a good um, sentence, somebody once said therapy is more cleaning up the past and looking into the past. And if yeah. you hire a coach, it's more going forward. How, how do we move forward? And, and I yeah. think this is kind of what I'm hearing from you. Um, yeah, that is, um, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so you 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 are specialized now in life transitions and grief and all these things that you yeah. were struggling with back then so hard question for you why do you think we're so, taught so little about loss and grief and these big wake up calls in our society why why are we all so taken off guard when it happens and don't know how to handle it why don't aren't we taught anything yeah why the why is a big question Mm -hmm. why aren't we I mean I think there's like so many factors into play it's like where you know where you grew up who your parents were who your family systems were you know how you are as a person like some of us are just sort of um designed to um I don't focus on things I kind of just move through I get through I don't you know and some of us are a lot more inquisitive and really like to examine you know, if you put all those things together, every single one of us is so incredibly unique, as we all know that like, how, how you deal with something is not how I deal with something is not how my mom dealt with something is not how and so, you know, as a child, we don't know to ask for this. It's like, you know, Mm -hmm. we're a little bit kind of, you know, we're looking for our mentors or our, you know, to, to, to guide us. And if you have, um, what is it ancestral, you know, that ancestral cycle of like, if, if you had, you know, if you had people in your life that were also taught these things, then, then they may pass them on. But if they weren't, then mm-hmm. they don't. And I also, this is one thing too, that I've learned a lot with just my own, my own grief and also others that I've worked with is that 
oh my gosh, the way that we deal with it is so vastly different. And I just, I get so like, almost like, it's, it's unbelievable the way that some people need to retract and some people need to be out and talking about it. And some people need to be quiet and go mm-hmm. inward. And some people need to, you know, really seek out support and they want like, everybody come together. Let's all be together. And, and some people want to be asked about it all the time. And some people don't, mm. and so, you know, and, and I think that's what makes it difficult as people who are trying to support grievers, mm-hmm. you know, we always say like, nobody knows how to handle me. And it, and it is because it's like, sometimes you just, you don't know what people need, but I think the thing that we all need is just that, like, just ask, yeah. just be, just be there. And then, yeah. and then it's almost like, let the griever come to you, you know, that it's like, they'll, it's like, they'll come a little closer. They'll, they'll, they'll be a little bit safer to say, like, I think what I need is this, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, but it feels like it's like, it is like a coaching almost as all of us in our lives with our grievers. And when we grieve, we are taking responsibility for what is it that I need right now? I need to say what I need or ask yeah. for it or, you know, yeah. asking for support. And you know how stigmatized asking for support is. Sometimes. And that is the thing, right? So that's kind of what I was thinking is like, if it wouldn't be so stigmatized, maybe it would be easier to, or if if there would be more talk about that it is okay to grieve differently or that it, yeah. grief looks different for anybody. Um, another thing is too, is like grief is not just going away, right? Like, um, I, I, I mean, you, I don't know how old you were when you lost your parents, but I was 20 when I lost my dad. And I remember, I mean, that was back in the eighties Yeah. and it was basically by law, you were given, I think two days off and then you were expected back to work and to function like normal again. Right. And nobody was talking about it and you were just supposed to move on and live on and like don't bother anybody with what you're going through kind of thing and I think this is good it changed already a bit but we're still I think it's still not enough talk it's still like a lot of people who who go through transitions or grief are still hiding because they think they're too much for other people and the other people maybe are even glad because they wouldn't know how to handle it right and i'm just thinking the whole discussion about i don't know how to help somebody who grieves and the griever doesn't know how to go and ask for help this could be or this needs to be um more out in the open with people like you or with discussions like this so that um it becomes less um less unusual because it it's part of yeah. life right i mean it's uh yeah the one thing none of us are escaping ever yeah. it's like the one it's 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 not not the one emotion but it's even just the one event divine event there's no way around it this is yeah. happening some at some point in your life someone you will lose someone you love and and i think the correlation of what happens to us when we lose somebody is that it just it's like this journey, it can be sometimes this journey back to yourself, or it can be just this discovery of like, how, how you're handle how you handle it. Like you might even be surprised. You might be, you might handle it even better or differently. I mean, I hate to say better. It's such a, like that, that gives such a judgment around it. Cause I don't think there's a better, you know, way or whatever, but 
but certainly even you just saying like how you you were given two days like what message does that send you know in this in society that you're given two days to get back to work it's just even yeah, that and, and those two days are meant actually uh, by law it says it that in the law it are meant to do all the administrative work that you have to right. do when somebody dies right so it's not about you grieving it's about getting all this paperwork sorted so yeah <laughs> like we're gonna give you we're gonna give you two days so that you can like get a service and get yeah, exactly and it's it's so sterile i mean it's so sterile and i think um but i think as as we are talking more and more about the various types of support and and making it less stigmatized i think hopefully it's also making our feelings less stigmatized therefore like maybe if I'm with you and I'm grieving and I'm having a day where I'm crying. It is like people start to like understand the messaging. Cause I mean, there's so much beautiful content out there talking about these topics that it's like, it's okay. It's not only okay for us to feel our feelings, but Hey, everybody, it's okay to be on the opposite receiving end of that with your colleagues, community, loved ones, mm -hmm. you know, their emotions aren't to be, don't be scared of their emotions. You know, yeah. don't be like, you know, it's a repellent. It's like, it's, it's natural and it's, and it's okay. It's like, it's a safe space kind of, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, so I think it's important that we create safe spaces for all of us. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. the safe space is therapy, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, coaching, mm -hmm. uh, group, group grief groups. Um, I've done mm -hmm. a lot of meeting grief groups. That's a, that's a tremendously powerful space for people. Mm -hmm. You know, they get to kind of come into a small group where everybody's in the same situation as them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's really supportive. It can be a slow moving, like, okay, everybody's getting comfortable at first, but then it's like, I feel like everyone's like breathes a sigh of relief and like their shoulders come down and they just kind of settle in and it's, um, it's a nice supportive environment. Yeah. But do you have any? Do you have any insight or maybe not personal experience, but experience nevertheless, what happens if somebody doesn't deal with their grief or just tries to push it away? Doesn't it? So my, I would think it bubbles up eventually, because, yeah. <laughs> but I don't yeah. know, you're, you're more the expert. What, what happens if we leave it just like we try to ignore it? Yeah. Um, it can manifest all sorts of ways. It can, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, how the body and the mind and the, the body and the mind are connected when we are not processing trauma, we can, you know, things can manifest in our bodies. So, mm. you know, whether it be injuries or illnesses, so that that's like the physical, you know, the physical side of, and, and maybe that's something people are more familiar with. It's like, you know, it's like, if you don't get things out, if you don't process things, it's like, where do we hold that in our body? What starts to create, you know, and Sometimes when we're, you know, we're, we're so tied up with like genetics, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this thing because my mother and my grandmother and my, you know, had this thing. And, and it's like breaking that cycle of thinking. It's like many of those illnesses and diseases are, you know, not just genetic, it's, it's unprocessed yeah. um, traumas and griefs and things like that. But on the psychological side of things, I think when these things aren't dealt with, I think that they can, um, they can manifest behaviorally. Um, this, I definitely have my own experiences of this, but I also just have like, you know, in the work that I've done and the people that have come into 
come into session, I think there's, you know, you, you lash out all of a sudden it's like, why am I lashing out? Mm. Why am I so angry? You know, the, the, and this isn't just bereavement, you know, when we're grieving in any way, like, you know, loss of a job, you know, empty nesters, um, people who are retiring, something that's drastically changing. That was such an identity of who you are. So it could be loss of love, but it also could be loss of yourself in some way. These, these grieving processes, they, they, you're, you know, you go through those emotions, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're, you know, you're sad, you're, you're going through, and and there's no linear, Mm. you know, way to make sense of this. It could be like in any given day. And I I mean, I can speak for myself. I mean, I'm not going to talk, you know, about anybody else's business, but you know, I've, I've lashed out. I've been angry. And sometimes that affects those closest to us because Mm. that's kind of sometimes what we do. Mm. And, and, and an examination, you know, after I've kind of come out of a wave of something and I'm, and I look back, I'm like, whoa, you know, that, that was, that was anger that was not directed at anybody else, but at myself, Yeah, I haven't forgiven myself for something. I, you know, you can go down the whole, you know, I journal and like, it's like, and that gets into the intellectual stuff about it, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, I needed to just go through it. So what people I think need to understand is that they have to just go through, like, there's no way. I mean, there's certainly ways that we can medicate it. You know, we all hear about how we, you know, I'm going to go work. I'm going to go be a workaholic or an addict or a shopaholic or a gamble. Like we do, we're humans. We do whatever we can to yeah. get out of the feeling, like don't feel the feeling. And so the only way we can do get through these things in life is in these grievances in life is to feel them, mm-hmm. recognize that they're okay. And that also we're going to be okay. Like being in this feeling, isn't going to crush us. And then, but, but it's really helpful to do that with support. And if you can do it alone, great. But like, if you can't ask for help, you know, there's, there's lots of inexpensive help. There's lots of free help. There's lots of, I mean, it runs the gamut, right? Like you can, you know, you can get the one-on-one if that's what you need, you can get the group, you can get community center help. You can, you know, there's support, nonprofit support groups. There's so many things. So I just, I mean, I know I'm kind of on a little bit of a <laughs> verbal rant, but you know, people should seek out support because it exists and you know. Yeah. yeah I, I just remember when I went through my training to help people with their clutter, we were like, we had to look into our own grief. Right. And we were, we were learning a lot about grief because like you just said, a lot of people try to escape their feelings and then they use some coping mechanism like a retail therapy going and buying stuff that ends up being clutter others become they may drink too much alcohol or take other drugs or eat too much i remember my mother gained a lot of weight after my dad died that was her kind of way of of numbing probably the, the yeah. hard feelings which um so there's nothing inherently how do you say i don't want to make anybody wrong when they do this it's more like being aware oh wait a second maybe i'm trying to escape something with with a band-aid of um eating or drinking or shopping or whatever else it looks in your life right workaholic you mentioned too rather than trying to process it with or without help 
I, I guess I, I think I think what my experience is, and I unfortunately had a lot of um, loss and grief in my life. My experience is you can't escape it. It will, it will yeah. eventually catch up on you, and you will have to deal with it to a degree. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I think I think you're right. I think just because some people are like. I, 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 when you're not like in this world all the time, like, you know, you, I know, you know, I know how you help people and I know certainly how it, it's like, it, it becomes such like a regular thinking, I guess. I don't know. It's like, it's very, and, and I, I'm always reminded that a lot of people, you know, aren't thinking about this stuff at all. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they're not thinking about it at all until it happens to them. And then yeah. it's like, they're inequipped. And then it's like, holy crap, what, what do I do now? And mm. And I think that there, there's that, like, they don't, it, what's the word I'm trying to say? You know how we always hear those sayings. It's like, there's only one way there's you, there's no way except for, but through, and there's mm. all, and, yeah. and when you're in it and you hear that, I don't know about you, but sometimes you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like I hear well, that. It, it, it is so cliche, right? And, yeah. but it is so cliche because it's the truth, but sometimes you have days you don't want to hear this, right? You just yeah. like, okay, just leave me alone with this. And, and in the end, it is that way. And getting through it sometimes means also to give yourself some grace and, and, and actually really try to forget the grief for a moment and yeah. pamper yourself and everything. That is totally part of the process. It just can't be only that, right? I mean, it's need, it needs to be kind of like a combination. What I'm wondering is yeah, too, is good. like, why do you think that when you said it, 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 when your parents died, that's kind of when you realized too, that you were lost to yourself and that you questioned everything. Why do you think um a loss of any kind like job loss or even a voluntary loss like moving or or you wanted to get divorced for example why does this put us in this place where we question everything like it I, i'm sometimes wondering and and thinking like i make my life even harder when i start questioning everything and not just trying to deal with the grief but it it comes up every time right it's like yeah i think um I think that the misalignment in, in general, like if, if you are misaligned in your life and luckily, I think some people aren't, you know, the same thing can happen to somebody and they're like totally aligned in their life. Therefore this wouldn't, you know, kind of affect them in that way. I think it would just be like, oh, I am just like sad because of this loss. And, you know, there might be some emotions that get questioned more of like, Cause we go through sometimes that like anger and that guilt and that like, mm -hmm. what if, what, what, you know, what, what if should have, we should have done that, you know, all of that when it pertains to the person or something, or even in a breakup or a divorce, it's like, I should have, you know, you do the sh shitting on yourself thing that people do. But, um, but I think when it comes to people who have a wake up call and they realize that there's some misalignments in their life, it is such a feeling of unrest. And if you're, if you're a person that's like, I want to get curious about this, I'm ready to work on this, then it is a time to really make some changes that are going to, I mean, there's nothing like being aligned with yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and there's nothing more like, it's, it's, a, it's a physical sensation, at least it was in my case, like where I, it's like, I couldn't go to work any, I can't get up for work anymore. 
-hmm. Like I can't, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I don't know, you know, and I think maybe, yeah, the easy, the easy answer would have been like, just suck it up. Like you've built this beautiful (laughs) career. Like, what are you thinking? Like, you're not going to walk, you know, you're Mm -hmm. not going to switch gears so drastically or, or, um, or I think, you know, this is a, this is a real personal part of my story, but I personally, it wasn't just like, I don't want to do this career or job anymore per se, or I really want to get into this like part of helping people that feels more aligned. I had a very significant, or I, I consider it pretty significant, like relationship with alcohol that really needed to be examined. I mean, it really needed to be examined because it was no longer like a fun it wasn't, ser- it was not serving anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so in, in examining that, I I pulled it out of my life. I, I quit that part of that, that substance in my life. And, and it's been, for me, it's been about three years and, and seeing that grieving process has been mm-hmm. very interesting. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's like, I guess I bring that story up more in a, um, it's incredible how the, misalignments can come up in your life. Like I, I realized why I was using that substance. It made, and now, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. I used mm-hmm. it for years and I now know why I took this career path and now I know why, and I did this and now I know what, and it just, it, and so I, I, it allowed me, and I also had the desire to get realigned. Mm-hmm. And, and like you said earlier, it's like, I don't want to create judgment around people who are like, I'm just fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, things happen. And, um, but I think if people are interested in examining what a aligned and resonant life feels like, it's just that opportunity. It just, sometimes it, I think that's why they call it a wake up call. It's like, I think it's like why people have midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah, exactly. sometimes things don't have to happen to them. Massive. They just are like, what am I doing? Like I, mm-hmm. something is off. Yeah. And, and then- oftentimes to the outside world, it looks like your, your, your life or their life is looking just fine or even very successful and they still don't, they don't feel it or they feel misaligned. Yeah. It's just, I find it really interesting how then this whole system works that if we're already in a weak or vulnerable, let's say vulnerable, not weak, vulnerable spot because we're grieving something and then this whole other wave hits us that really questions everything. But you say too that if we're, um, if we're, if we're addressing it and if we're willing to address it, then we can end up thriving even better in the end or, or afterwards, right? When, because we're aligned. So w- what would you think, like, I, I would I I heard it too and I would maybe think right now too well where do I even start so like do I start with journaling do I start with talking to a coach where, where would you say that inquisition should should start yeah um oftentimes let's let's take it from the standpoint of someone who doesn't really know about what works for them really well like yeah. talking to someone else versus journaling versus mm-hmm. getting quiet and going into um you know, nature, you know, sometimes it's like, that can be a very healing, but if if you don't know, let's say you just don't know, it's like, I would first offer, you know, because especially if you're like, I just want to dip a toe, I don't know, I just Mm -hmm. know, 
it's like, there are some incredible podcasts out there. If, if you like to listen to things mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, how you do search, um, grief, loss, like just search something and like start listening to something. Or if you're a reader, find a couple books that resonate, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And, and, and just depending on what your loss is, you know, target that, you, you know, go, go in the direction. Cause usually people have a little bit of a sense, like they know something's off, you know, and then there are people who are a little bit more um, in tune with themselves and they might know, like, I absolutely know, uh, I don't like one-on-one work. I like group work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I actually really love the one-on-one work. It's so powerful. And some people are also, I'd like to offer that. Some people are like, I am ready to get to work. I want an experience that is like a couple weeks to a couple months long, mm-hmm. you know, which is difficult in this subject matter because mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a, it's not a fast process. Mm-hmm. But there are ways it's like, okay, it seems like you're, you're a type of personality. That's like, I, let's, let's go, let's mm-hmm. go. I want to really dive into this hard. And then there are others who are like, I need to take my time with this. Yeah. And then, you know, you kind of, you can offer options that are are a little bit more tailored to, you know, their heart, their soul, what they need. But mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, okay. I guess the sh- that was a long answer. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Is get curious. The short yeah. answer is get curious. Cause that's, yeah. that's, that's it. I mean, and, and there are just like so many free ways that we can get curious. And I think that can sometimes direct you to like, okay, yeah. I want support. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how it, it could look for me. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, yeah. And then, so if they then find out that they would maybe make want support, you you have a business called uh, Wishbone Wellness, right? So they could like first tell us how the name came about. Um, uh, about <laughs> I can't speak right. Yeah. Um, how the name came about because I, I read it on your website. I thought it was beautiful. And then then oh, cool. like how would it look when they would come and get support from you? Okay. Yeah, that, um, that's great. Well, wishbone and, you know, it's, it's spelt with a Y because it is a wishbone. So I think that's like, you know, if people are thinking wish or looking up wishbone wellness, it, it's wishbone, W-Y-S-H-B-O-N-E wellness.com. And, uh, you know, it's a, with a Y intentionally because it looks like a wishbone, you know, mm-hmm. and that to me, it was like, and, and the reason I came up with that as a, um, it spoke to me is just kind of the magic of childhood mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest it was i was thinking about you know as children i grew up having a wishbone letting it you know we would have whether it was thanksgiving time or whatever you know you'd have my mom would set aside that wishbone and it would dry and then my siblings and i would you know rip it apart see who got the big side and see who got the wish side and that magicness of childhood of like in that moment you know, you're like, ah, anything was possible. You were like, I want a pony or I want mm-hmm. a, you know. <laughs> it was kind of just, and, and then, you know, but to like life and as we grow up in society and life and all the things that kind of get into creating who we are today and sort of, um, you know, establishing our, our belief system and, and our influences, I guess, in, a, in, in general, our influences you know, we wake up and we've lost that magic of a wish, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. what do you wish? And, 
to me, wishbone is it's that very beautiful merry merriment of like, like your being and your doing. And that's all about what coaching is, is like as coaches and in coaching, the whole objective is like, let's get into your, your beingness. Like, what do you want? So what do you wish? You know, what do you wish? Mm -hmm. What do you want? And then we're going to get into action to get you there because Mm -hmm. anything is possible. But you know, when we're in our pain, we think we lose our creativity. We don't know what's possible. We just don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was beautiful and I wanted you to to say it because if I would just say it, then it wouldn't have come out that beautiful. So before we wrap up, do you have any last words? Did I not ask something that you feel like that needs to be said still or any other last words that just intrinsically come? Well, I mean, I just, I, I feel so in alignment, if we're going to use that, it's it's such a word that was talked about, um, just speaking with you, you know, Mm -hmm. Connie, because it's like the work you do too. It's like, this is, it's there, there's such parallels, you know, there's Mm -hmm. parallels to how we are trying to assist people to be better in their lives. And I think that, um, it's really, it's really important. And I, I just, I wanted to give you some, like, thank you for what you do, (laughs) you know, bringing messages out, but also just the way you work with people and the way you, you know, you're dedicated to bringing peace into people's lives. It's like, like as a meta view, what would, what would the whole, that's the goal, like as a meta view of like, how could we one person at a time raise that vibration in all of us, raise the vibration, get more peace into our life. And while we are still in a, in a maybe chaotic world, how we can we create a peace in our own life? Yeah. But Thanks so much for your time, Melissa. It was a a joy to speak with you. Thanks so much. Hey, I'm Connie, your host, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the podcast today. Did you know you can bring your chaos to me? If you struggle with chaos in your office, on your desk, in your files and finances, use the link in the show notes and sign up for a complimentary 30 minutes chaos to peace jumpstart call 